from the National Project on Race and Capitalism. Welcome to Season 2 of New Dawn, a podcast focusing on the intersection of race and capitalism, its theories, histories and geographies, with your host, Michael Dawson. Evelyn Koto Kuihano is an associate professor of finance at the University of Puerto Rico in Mayagüez. She is trained as a lawyer and received her PhD in law from the University of London. She has published on organized crime and money laundering in Puerto Rico. Currently, she and colleagues are visiting professors at the University of Chicago due to the aftermath of Hurricane Maria. Welcome to the show. It's our pleasure to have you. Even though the topic for today is one about a uh, series of crises that have hit Puerto Rico. Um, many of our listeners, I'm sure, are very familiar with what happened after Hurricane Katrina, but probably are less familiar about the aftermath to Hurricane Maria and the situation that the people of Puerto Rico have found themselves in. And hopefully we'll be able to address many of the issues facing the people on the island and the role that the U.S. government has played and. I think several of us believe exacerbating that situation. I'm going to start with a quote from a book that you so generously gave me. It's on Naomi Klein's latest, The Battle for Paradise, Puerto Rico Takes on the Disaster Capitalist. The quote is actually not from her. It's from a number of academics in Puerto Rico who wrote a forward. What they said was, What concerned us was not only the enormous physical damage caused by the storm, but also the intensification of neoliberal policies to come. We knew that the real disaster was not the hurricane, but the terrible vulnerability imposed by Puerto Rico's colonial relationship to the United States, as well as the forced privatization of health and other services, massive layoffs, huge numbers of school closures, reductions in social rights and investments for collective well-being, abandonment of social and physical infrastructure. And they don't go on from there. What are the set of policies that's led to this situation that your colleagues are talking about? Well, it's important to bear in mind that Puerto Rico was invaded 120 years ago. And that military control has continued. Under that state of uh, Puerto Rico, has always been managed by the United States as a territory under the Territorial Clause. And the purpose of that control is to extract wealth from Puerto Rico. During the first stage of the relationship, the group that was benefited from the wealth of Puerto Rico were the sugar cane plantations. In the 70s, with the industrialization, was the pharma companies. Uh In the 90s, the financial institutions. (laughs) And those those policies are always the same, are policies directed at extracting wealth from Puerto Rico. So you've come to Chicago to do research on something that I think many of us were unaware of, the PROMISA Act, which was passed in 2016 when Obama was still president. Could you tell us about what that act is and what effect it has had on the people of Puerto Rico? 
in this third stage that we talk about, about the financial institutions, Puerto Rico, starting in 2006, it lost a subsidy that the United States gave it primarily for the pharma companies, but it helped Puerto Rico a lot. After that subsidy ended, it was not substituted. So Puerto Rico didn't have capital to grow its economy. Well, what you, what you do when you have is in that situation is that you substitute capital with debt. Mm -hmm. And Puerto Rico issued 72 billion dollars in debt, the main government and public corporations. That debt was bought primarily by U.S. financial institutions. When Puerto Rico in 2014 was unable to pay its debt, those financial institutions lobbied Congress for a law that would force Puerto Rico to pay the debt and would, would not give Puerto Rico control of the process of restructuring that debt. And that is the PROMESA Act. That's the purpose of the PROMESA Act. One of the interesting aspects of the act is that some academics, I think other activists on the island, argue that the debt is illegal. Could you say by, Puerto Rican by the Puerto Rican Constitution? Well, that is questionable. Mm -hmm. Because in Puerto Rico, the legal system that applies is the U.S. legal system. If you said that the bonds were illegal, what you are saying is that they are, they are illegal under the U.S. legal system. Mm -hmm. And that probably is not correct. <laughs> but there is a lot of concern in Puerto Rico with regard to the use that was given to that money. Mm -hmm. And there is uh, an effort to do an audit of that debt, but not with regard to legality, but how was that money used? So part of what was the consequences of the PROMESA Act was setting up an oversight board. Could you describe some of the policies that the oversight board has tried to implement? The oversight board has complete control over the financial aspect of the government of Puerto Rico. And to implement that control, they also need operational control. They have faced obstacles to get that operational control. For example, one of the proposals that they have presented is that they want to establish in Puerto Rico a right to work, like a right to work jurisdiction, eliminating local laws that protect workers in Puerto Rico. And right now, the government of Puerto Rico refused to approve that proposal, and the Oversight Board decided to impose on the government of Puerto Rico a budget, and it annulled the budget approved by the governor and the legislative branch in Puerto Rico. They are the legislative branch and the government sued the oversight board in the federal court, and we are waiting for the judge. This will be a very important decision because if the judge says that what the oversight board did is correct, that means that the oversight board will have financial and operational control of the government of Puerto Rico. So what were some of the recommendations of the oversight board with respect to the university system? The Oversight Board represents the government of Puerto Rico in the bankruptcy proceeding. 
and their goal there is to free the as much money as they can to distribute to the creditors. The University of Puerto Rico is 70% subsidized by the government. So they decided we need to reduce that subsidy. And what they have proposed is to eliminate seven of our campuses. They have increased tuition and fees over 100%. They are proposing eliminating almost 10,000 employees, professors and, and non-teachers employees, and consolidating programs. They, they will create a different university. I sometimes tell the people, the University of Puerto Rico is not going to disappear, but it was not, it was not going to be the University of Puerto Rico. It was going to be a university dedicated to produce the companies establishing the, in Puerto Rico, the U.S. companies establishing Puerto Rico. Another other set of the recommendations of the Oversight Board centered on the cooperative banks in Puerto Rico. Can you tell us? And I know that's been a central focus of your research. Can you tell us more about that? Yeah, the cooperative credit unions are local depository institutions established under Puerto Rico law. They serve the poor people of Puerto Rico. Other depository institutions that exist in Puerto Rico are FDIC-insured banks. But FDIC-insured banks will not provide loans to poor people because poor people, for them, are bad risks. So the poor people in Puerto Rico only have access to the financial system through these cooperative credit unions. These cooperative credit unions have a local deposit insurer. But because Puerto Rico is a territory of the United States, Puerto Rico doesn't have a central bank. So the central bank of the cooperative credit unions is the government of Puerto Rico. When the oversight board arrived in Puerto Rico, they decided that they were not going to bail out cooperative credit union if they needed, because the oversight board would use the funds of the government of Puerto Rico primarily to pay creditors. Therefore, the oversight board assumed control of the cooperative credit union deposit insurer and is using that control to close cooperative, well, he's proposing, he's not closing them yet, but he's proposing to close cooperative credit union. He decided that they are insolvent. If they are insolvent, they will, it, it will close them. But really, this is, is not uh, the way in which a financial supervisor should act under PROMESA. The oversight board has not been awarded the powers of a financial supervisor. And the cooperative credit unions that the oversight board said they are insolvent are creditors in the PROMESA bankruptcy case, because the reason why they are insolvent is because they bought Puerto Rico bonds. Mm -hmm. So it's like the debtor in the bankruptcy proceeding eliminating the creditors. <laughs> <laughs> For I remember, those cooperative credit unions are also competitors for the FDIC. Yes, and, and they have... The FDIC banks in Puerto Rico have been reducing the number of banks since 2010. 
And since that date, Cooperative Credit Union has been gaining market share in comparison with FDIC banks. Yeah. So I read that in May of 2017 and the time leading up to that, there have been a lot of protests against oversight board, a lot of resistance to austerity programs in general in, in Puerto Rico. What has happened since the hurricane? Well, the hurricane has been traumatic because many people in Puerto Rico were transferred from Puerto Rico by FEMA, from Puerto Rico to the United States for a couple of months. And now the subsidy they gave the, to these people to stay in U.S. hotels expire. And that people are returning to Puerto Rico and there are not adequate housing for the people in Puerto Rico. Many people in Puerto Rico still are living under blue tarps because they don't have roofs. The electrical power grid is very weak right now. So the people of Puerto Rico are very vulnerable. And it's difficult for many people to assume a position of resistance from their vulnerability. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, we have, we have had uh, resistance and opposition, but right now we are like in an intermediate <laughs> process. What has been the response of the governor's office? The governor has, all, all the politicians in Puerto Rico have this position that they will help the board, that they don't like the board, but it would be in Puerto Rico for 10 years, well, we have to live with it. As, as I told you before, when the oversight board tried to assume operational control of the government, then the governor sued the board. Mm -hmm. But in essence, his position has been of cooperation. What has been the role of efforts to privatize public assets in Puerto Rico? Yeah, that's been, especially in the area of education, there have been closed almost 300 schools, and those schools are being sell or, or if given to private interest in long-term contracts. So there, there is a real and very active program to privatize access to education in Puerto Rico. And has there been an effort to privatize uh, public utilities as well? Oh, Title VI of PROMESA was drafted to, was enacted to privatize the electrical company. Yeah. So what have been the developments over the last few weeks? I know there have been some proposals that have been generated by economists and others. What, what are these proposals consist of? Yeah, well... The Association of Puerto Economies from Puerto Rico has proposed to the government, to the federal government, actions that are aimed at developing capital in Puerto Rico because we will never be able to pay the debt if we don't develop capital. And right now, we don't have access to capital because we are. We didn't pay our debt, so we don't have access to the municipal market. So what they are asking is, for example, the United States to eliminate or the 
provision that requires that every product that is shipped from the United States to Puerto Rico has to use a U.S. vessel. The effect of that is that in Puerto Rico, the products are, the prices are higher than in mm -hmm. the United States. That affects also the electrical company due to the oil has to be transferred in that way. They are asking also for the funding for health in Puerto Rico, the federal funding for health in Puerto Rico is, is not at the same level of the federal the funding in the United States, but they are asking that it should be on the same level too. What's the likelihood you think that these proposals get adopted? Well, in Puerto Rico, the people who have tried to make changes in the relationship between Puerto Rico and the United States have always used the means of going to Congress. And that has not resulted in anything positive. If there is going to be a change, it will have to be through loving the federal government, the executive branch, because through Congress is almost impossible. <laughs> What are the two possible futures, depending on which way the court rules? Well, if the court decides that the oversight board has power, operational power of the, over the government of Puerto Rico, that would mean that the government has to obey the, the oversight board. And I really, <laughs> I can't imagine that, that scenario. You know, but if the judge decides that the legislature and the government of Puerto Rico have power that the oversight board cannot absorb, that will open a window of opportunity to negotiate with the oversight board. Who makes up the oversight board? Pardon? Who makes up the oversight? Who's on the oversight uh, board? The oversight board was appointed in a very strange way. The Aurelius Capital is a hedge fund, the hedge fund that bought Argentina for many years, filed a complaint lawsuit against the oversight board, arguing that the appointment of the member of the oversight board violate the appointment clause of the Constitution. <laughs> because these people, there are six persons in that uh, board. One was appointed, was selected by the President Obama, and the other six Three were, I don't want to use the word nominated because it was not nominated, but were suggested by the leader of the Republican group in the House and the other three by the leader of the Democratic group in the House. And there is another person that represents the government of Puerto Rico, but that person doesn't have votes. So it sounds like a majority of the committee is not even from the island then. Is that correct? Pardon? The majority of the oversight board is not even from the island. Then. No, no, no. They are, they are people who were born in Puerto Rico in the oversight board, but they are not residents of Puerto Rico. And the, the president is a resident of Puerto Rico, but they are not, they don't identify themselves with what is happening in Puerto Rico. Who is being hurt the hardest by these policies? The poor people. Mm -hmm. Puerto Rico, workers, professionals. There are many um, doctors living in Puerto Rico right now. Students 
who graduate from the University of Puerto Rico, they can't find a job in Puerto Rico. And uh, the only alternative for them is to leave the island. And if the, if the process of outmigration continues, there is not a chance for Puerto Rico to pay that debt. So Puerto Rico is suffering from a brain uh, drain of professionals and other technical yes. people with technical expertise. Yes. It also seems, though, to be attracting a certain type of investor from outside the island as well. Is that correct? Yeah, Puerto Rico has become a tax haven. In, I believe it was in 2015, the, governor, the, the person that was the governor there adopted two, two laws that in essence what what they do is that they attract wealthy people from the United States and they this act provides that you can live in Puerto Rico free you don't have to pay local taxes and due to the fact that Puerto Rico is a territory of the United States if you move your company just in paper from the United States to Puerto Rico the income from that company, even though you don't have to pay federal taxes because uh, under the territorial relationship, income from Puerto Rico is not taxed for federal income tax purposes. So this sounds like a version of financial colonialism because if you have money and, and come from outside the island, you pay low taxes, but if you're on the island or from the island, you pay high taxes. Is that more or less correct? If you are in Puerto Rico, for example, me, that I am a, a teacher in Puerto Rico, I pay high taxes in Puerto Rico. But if you are a wealthy person from the United States, move to Puerto Rico, <laughs> you don't have to pay taxes. <laughs> you don't pay federal taxes and you don't pay Puerto local taxes. I think they call that redistribution, but not in the, <laughs> not in the direction we yeah. normally think of it. <laughs> Is there a way to either pay the debt without radically restructuring the relationship, which has been colonial, as you mentioned, for over 100 years now, between the United States and the island? I I don't think so, that under the territorial status, if it stayed like it's now, we would not be able to raise the capital we need to grow our economy and pay the debt. We need access to our resources. We need to control our resources and control our economy, and we don't have that control now. One of the books I read for this interview uh, ended on an optimistic note, and I wonder if you share the author's optimism. The author claimed that, I think quite correctly, that things are terrible right now, but that in one way that the aftermath to the hurricane has opened up a lot of people's eyes and has changed their opinion about what's needed for going forward for the people of Puerto Rico. Do you share that optimism? Well, I believe that, yes, after the hurricane, the people have started to see that things must change. But we are in a cage. The territorial relationship is a cage, and it's very difficult to get out of it. Mm -hmm. I believe that the only advantage that we have now is that Now we are not alone (laughs) inside the cage. The creditors, the hedge funds are with us inside that cage. Because (laughs) if the Puerto Rico economy doesn't produce the money they are asking for, they will suffer too. And if that happens 
and they lobby Congress and the, and the executive branch for a change in the territorial statute. That could help Puerto Rico. But I think that it will be a long process, and it will be very painful for the people of Puerto Rico. It will not be fast. One of the worries I know that some people have is that climate change, of course, has meaning that we've seen more extreme weather in that region of the world and elsewhere, of course. What type of preparations are being taken for the next series of storms? Well, we are now in the hurricane season. And as I told you, the electrical power grid is very weak. There are a lot of people that doesn't have roofs. So there is not a lot of improvement. If we have to face category four hurricane, probably we will have the same devastation we had with Maria again. One of the sets of efforts that people locally have been trying to develop is to try to develop more agricultural and energy independence. Have those efforts been successful to some degree? There are very small efforts, individual groups, small farms, because the majority of the land in Puerto Rico is not in the hands of the people of Puerto Rico. Mm -hmm. So these are good efforts, and they should continue, but we need to expand them in a large extent. I know you've been researching on the cooperative credit unions and Promesa. Where is your research going next? <laughs> well... What I'm doing is I'm trying to explain that what the Oversight Board is doing is not authorized by PROMESA mm -hmm. Act, that they are acting as a federal financial story, financial supervisor, and they have not been, they have not been awarded that power. And then I want to try to explain why they are doing this. Mm -hmm. And I believe that the explanation that I'm finding, I'm still researching for it, but the explanation that I'm finding is that this is just a new stage of the territorial relationship. It's a new way of extracting resources from Puerto Rican institutions and transfer it to U.S. institutions. In the case of FDIC insured banks, what I have found is that over 90% of the FDIC uh, insurance banks, the shareholders of the FDIC insurance bank in, located in Puerto Rico are U.S. financial institutions. So if the cooperative credit unions are closed and their loans and deposits are sold to these institutions, the benefit of that transfer will be for U.S. financial institutions. So it sounds like the long-term solution is to change the territorial yeah, <laughs> relationship. Yeah, there is a need. There is a need for a change. Okay. Yeah. Well, thank you very much. It's been quite a pleasure to have you with us today. Oh, thank you. Since we recorded the original conversation with Evelyn Koto Coyano, we have had some updates to the situation of Puerto Rico. Recently, Judge Swain issued two opinions affirming that PROMISA, the oversight board that we were discussing, and the act that establishes it, strips the government of Puerto Rico of the power to control its budget. Immediately, the oversight board issued a policy requiring the government of Puerto Rico and the covered entities under PROMISA, including the ones we talked about in the podcast, the University of Puerto Rico, and the, the Puerto Rican Cooperative Credit Unions, deposit insurers, 
to submit to the Oversight Board for vetting purposes any rule, regulation, administrative order, or executive order related to procurement, contracting policy, or employee compensation or benefits. The government of Puerto Rico has been stripped of its power by U.S. financial interests, and it's fair to say that the imperial process of extraction of resources from the people of Puerto Rico and this institution has greatly intensified since the hurricane, and what local democracy there was has been thoroughly damaged and hurt by U.S. financial interests. Thanks for tuning in. Please find us on RacingCapitalism.com. That is RacingCapitalism.com to access the show notes describing this and all the other episodes and stay up to date on the Racing Capitalism Projects.